to the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chiss Ascendancy. We're here at episode 92, and the we whole gang is here. We're back. We made it. Uh, Josiah, Samuel, Adam, all three of us are here. It's episode 92, and tonight, gentlemen, we are doing a Tales of the Jedi talk through, focusing on Ahsoka. And so uh, this came out uh, a little while ago, and we were all kind of on a hiatus at the time. And so we're finally getting to talk about it. And so tonight's the night. We decided to focus on Ahsoka tonight. Uh, maybe our next episode focus on Dooku. And then I think we've hmm. got a, a cool um, canceled episodes of the Clone Wars episode lined up after that to kind of go into some of the stories that weren't actually developed. Um, so some fun stuff. And then um, you guys are all caught up on the Bad Batch as well, correct? Correct. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, I know yeah, that Samuel good. was super excited for uh, for Gunji. Gunji. Yeah, and, I saw uh, his little tooth and I was like, oh, I know that. I know that tooth anywhere. You know, old Snaggletooth. Can we, while we're talking about uh, characters' faces in that show, can we talk about how spherical that one Trandoshan's head was? I thought he was a whole other species. The commander. Yeah, I I thought something similar too. When I saw him like live in an action, but in the hologram, I was like, is he a Trandoshan? Yeah, it was real weird. We, um, me and uh, Finn from Fendor Moon on uh, Instagram obviously recorded episode 91. And uh, it was real. We were talking about how weird it looked, and he was more like like birdie than yeah. the other Trandoshans. He, I wasn't. I wasn't. I feel like maybe the Clone Wars animation style has gotten a little too creative with what Trandoshans look like. But I mean, I'm not. I'm not on the team, so I don't really get a say. But I. I didn't think he looked very Trandoshany, just because they kind of have the the lizard mouth, you know, the beak. Mm-hmm, At least, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Bosk is like the template, so. Right, <laughs> but yeah, what was it? Was it? Uh, do you think it was just like the roundness of the whole head shape? I think it was. Yeah, his face was just like his his mouth was not like removed from the face itself at all. I feel like I feel like it was just very a flat mouth. You know what I mean? So it's like if right. you have Bosk, right? You have a very open like this way mouth, and so he mm-hmm, had that mm-hmm. still, but it was just a humanoid head. Yeah, so it was a weird it, it was combo. Kinda, yeah, it was weird, but I, I don't know. And how, how crazy was it? Like, how sad was it to finally be back on Kashyyyk uh, after all these years of playing Battlefront and reading and books and comics and things? And then our first taste is, yeah, the clones are now working with the Triandosians to enslave the Wookiees and destroy their home world. Not super surprising, um, just because all my many, many playthroughs of Jedi Fallen Order and right. um, the... The, this ultimate Sith edition of uh, Force, Force Unleashed. Because, I mean, you play a lot of time on Kashyyyk in both those games. So, not super surprising. It's I mean, it's early in that, right? So, you have more clones than Stormtroopers. But definitely the Empire, I feel like they went for the, the Wookiees early on in pretty much any branch of Star Wars lore that you go for. Um, yeah, it was you just, just sad it reminded because me, sorry, that... I was going to say the helmets is just what made me sad. Like, I'm mm-hmm. totally on board because I remember the very first episode or the very first mission on Force Unleashed is your Vader mm-hmm. on Kashyyyk. Yeah, it's sick. Throwing the Wookiees. Yeah, but you're it's throwing just, people like a mile. Yeah, yeah here for seeing, it. The, seeing the clone Phase 2 helmet working with the Trandoshans, it was just yeah. that specific clash was, was yeah, sad. Yeah, the collab. Yeah, I get that. It, but also, also, if we have taken into account um, – the fact that it's so cool to see those like very modified separatist tanks. It's kind of weird. Cause it's like the enemy working with the enemy, you know what I mean? But it was cool to see right. the way that they'd taken the, the tank nozzle. I don't know what you wouldn't call them. The barrels and made it. The I thought that yeah. was sick. That was a yeah, really cool touch cool. and seeing the, the hunting nets and whatever. I mean, it's, it's what other species you're going to pit against. The yeah, Wookiees, you know what I mean? Classic Trandoshans where it's like, all right, we'll take this tank and put a flamethrower on it. Like, it was just such a right. funny freaking, like, I don't know, just such a Trandoshan thing to do to put a flamethrower on it. I'll tell you what, though, mad respect for Hunter when he cold-cocked. Also, shout out to the phrase cold-cocked. 
just one punch knocked out that uh, that Trandoshan and like ripped him out. And I was like, is yeah, this Wrecker? Is this Hunter? Who are we watching right now? Hey, I think that's the most guys, impressed I've ever been. Did you guys watch? Do you typically watch shows and stuff like that with subtitles? Yeah, always. I was yeah. heavily so, against subtitles in my teens, but as I've gotten into my later twenties, subtitles is right. the way to go because I'm fat and I eat my snacks, and the crunchy noise uh, overrides the actual text. <laughs> well, plus, like subtitles are so nice because a you can you can see the dialogue and pick up on the yeah, subtle, yeah. you know, little extra. Sometimes, stuff. You, yeah, you get the little extra stuff, yeah, yeah. But like that's also if you guys remember subtitles a lot of times also has descriptive sound stuff so mm-hmm. when the death troopers were in mandalorian we got that and so yeah. um i was reading the subtitles while i'm watching uh the episode and i was cracking up because it kept saying uh uh wrecker makes wookie noise did you catch <laughs> that <laughs> No, I didn't. I, awesome. I missed that bit, but I do enjoy when uh, whoever gets it's whoever gets to do the onomatopoeias. You know what I mean? So they'll you know they'll see like angry sigh. You know, just however they choose to describe it. I mm-hmm. always I always enjoy that. Yeah, I'll have to find. Uh, I'm going to take some notes because if I if we say something funny or make a joke, I want to keep track of the time. <laughs> um, six minutes. Wrecker Wookie noise. <laughs> Wrecker Wookie. I'll have to yeah, see if I, I can... thought the wrecker fit in with the Wookiees really, really well. Um, Dude, yeah. Really pound for pound. Uh, I, I think that's – if there's <laughs> ever a place that he can, like, find a home, it would be with them, I think, if the batch ends oh, up splitting the, up, you know? I would never in a million years want to work or live on Kashyyyk. It's just a big yeah, but Wrecker, for me. Wrecker's, yeah, but if your whole, like – all of your enthusiasm in life was to punch giant bugs, and that's like <laughs> your main goal in life. You're in the right place. Starship troopers. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that logic. Just me having played Jedi Fallen Order so much and realizing all like the very, very deadly fauna that's on <laughs> Kashyyyk. Right. It's a it's a big old nope from me. Uh. So. Let's dive here into uh, Tales of the Jedi. So, like I said, we're focusing on Ahsoka this week. And so, obviously, you have a couple of different um, episodes. So, the very first episode of the whole series is focusing on Ahsoka. And that was called Life and Death. And so, it's literally all the way from Ahsoka's birth um, until they realize and discover that she's a Jedi. And so... Uh, what were y'all's thoughts? Because I know, Adam, this was uh, – you watched it for the first time getting into this. Um, so you got to see some of the stuff for the first time, whereas me and Tammy were re-watching it. So I'm kind of jealous that your uh, your thoughts are so fresh on this. Uh, what, what, what did you think about it? Um, origin stories are always great, you know. And then actually going back to seeing this um, – I guess my my first take on it was, uh, you know, it's just it's it's a mom and it's a mom and child thing, you know. I mean, you lose your child, you freak out, and but yet the child is out there taking care of herself. You know, it's just like it's one right. of those things that it just it's kind of it's kind of sad at first, but then you, it's again with it being an origin story, it's it's very cool to just see the the progression happen so fast as a youngling. Yeah. You know. It's cool because um, we're recording this on the 4th of February. Um, shout out to Kobe Bryant, 2-4. Um, but it's uh, Houston, my youngest son's birthday. He's a year old today. And it was crazy because I was re-watching some of those episodes to just refresh my memory. And the the whatever you want to call it, the ritual of taking the youngling out to mm-hmm. get their first hunt was, you know, just after a year. So it was cool because it was basically Ahsoka's first birthday when she goes into the wild with her mom. And uh, so it was cool. I was like, oh, it's it's my son's birthday today, as well as Ahsoka's birthday when she went out. Um, what did you out to the wild. I was like, dude, I was the whole time I was watching that, I was thinking, man, uh, th- this is not realistic at all. Like, <laughs> like hunting, like, dude, my, I, I, obviously you've got kids too, but it would just be like, the amount of quiet and like, okay, Ahsoka, be quiet. We're gonna shoot yeah. the deer now. And yeah, Ahsoka's like, <laughs> yeah, Ahsoka was like, I got it. I got it. Like, freaking, there's no way. 
Um, I thought it was comprehension at that age level was is unmatched. I mean, because like compared to us, you know, like we have one year olds and we tell them to be quiet. They're like, "Dada, dada." Exactly. You just like as loud as possible, but she's just like. Okay, let me be quiet now. Yeah, <laughs> she like, was like, "All right, Ahsoka, we're gonna go on a hunt." I, if I told Houston, "All right, Houston, be quiet," nine times out of ten, I'd be like, "Okay," and I look, and he'd be like, <laughs> yeah, right. just making a making a poop face, you know, poopy face. Um, Samuel, did you spill a, a drink? No, I had to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> um, so we were talking about now just, that I'm marrying uh, my dirty laundry. How that. <laughs> We were talking about how cool it was that right at a year old, Ahsoka's mom was taking her out into the wild. And uh, just her, I don't know, her recognition of everything her mom was saying and stuff like that was obviously at such a high level. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what did y'all, you know, what did y'all think about the freaking, uh, the saber-toothed tiger? That saber-toothed tiger from Ice Age. Yeah, dude, right. that's exactly what I was <laughs> he thinking. Exact, he looked exactly <laughs> like him. Not the skinny one that's like, I want them all, but the other yeah. one. Right. I know exactly one. what you're talking about. Yeah, that's all I could think about when I looked at him. I was like, man, that, also that boy, is a, he's a thick boy. He's yeah. a thick old boy. He's just, you know, yoked to the nines. But Yeah, that uh, Sabretooth was the uh, chocolate lab of Sabretooth. <laughs> <laughs> like, every time you see like, chocolate but, uh, lab, you're like... This guy could cut back on the cables and bits, don't you think? <laughs> like that one lab that came crashing through the undergrowth at uh, at that Shawshank themed disc golf course that we yes. played, and we're like, "Is that yes. a what is that coyote coming through?" It was just freaking the Brooks, the Labrador coming crushing through the woods there. But uh, yeah, no, he was he's cool. I, and my wife Tori, she's a big uh, a cat person, so I was like, "Hey, there's a cat." in this episode, you know, maybe engage. So, uh, you know, <laughs> a little bit of a connection point there. Dude, but, uh, I, yeah, uh, I think it's I cool to see it that. Was... Go ahead. I was just thinking it was cool. It's somewhere between like Earth and Pandora and the blue Avatar, not Avatar, the yeah. last airbender, but somewhere in like the floor and fauna, somewhere between that spectrum. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, some very like alien, but also uh, earthy kind of kind of flora and fauna there. So I, I just enjoyed the the kind of midway point there and seeing the connection of how the culture fit into all of it and how connected they were to their resources and, and yeah. all that. It's just very cool to see how, because, I mean, we don't get a lot of backstory on the Togrutans in general, mm-hmm. except for that arc in Clone Wars where they've been enslaved. Um, so just a cool, cool little tidbit there, not just for Ahsoka, but for her people in general, because we don't have a lot there. Yeah, and it was also interesting because um, for them to know what the Jedi were was cool because going back into the age of the High Republic, the Togruta people were very hesitant to trust um, the Republic, which obviously the Jedi and the Republic kind of go hand in hand. Um, And then it was cool because obviously... Um, I'm a big fan of the different stylings and uh, angles and things of that of the force. And so mm-hmm. what do you think about the, the lady that was kind of like the, the village, like shaman or whatever, the Yenta, uh, elder. as it were, yeah. um, of that village? Do you think that her connection, like when she's, uh, you know, putting a little mark on the forehead of Ahsoka and Ahsoka's Simba. mom? uh and then you can kind of also like whenever there's the moment where the tiger attacks and um, Ahsoka's mom is shooting off rounds at the tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a moment where uh, she's starting to, for lack of a better term, she's like praying or chanting or whatever. Um, what do you guys think about that? Is there, cause obviously on earth there are different religions with different sources of, believed power and stuff like that but it's kind of in star wars it seems like everything kind of ties into the force like the night sisters are a different religion from the jedi or the sith but it ties into the force do you think that this elder woman this this uh shaman or village leader or whatever do you think that her chantings and stuff because it was into gruta you don't know what she's saying but mm-hmm. do you think that she's tied to the force it seems like um and just to tie back into the episode we were talking about for the Bad Batch earlier, the Wookiees very clearly have a connection to Kashyyyk. 
You know what I mean? And so I feel right, like maybe right. the connection that they have with their planet and their environments are going to be unique, but because of the way, for lack of a better term, the theology of the force works, that the connection is going to go to the ultimate source, right? Which mm-hmm. is the force, the thing that binds everything, but the medium is going to be unique to the people and the planet. So I, I think, you know, based on the fact that they're very rustic, very rural, it seems like they're much more connected with their environment. It seems like, you know, right. they have these rituals that they have a, a literal one-year-old going on a hunting expedition and facing it with, you know, death uh, speaks to the fact that their people are probably very connected to their planet. And so a connection with the planet right. to me speaks a connection with the force. It seems <clears throat> like uh, it kind of reminds me of like in uh, Samoan culture, they have like the auntie, uh, is what it reminds me of having that to Gruton kind of in charge. Um, and so I, I would think that she seems very connected to the force and the fact that even before or without hearing the gunshot, she seems very connected with what's happening with uh, both Ahsoka and uh, her mom, uh, yeah. just on what's going on and, and blessing them. And it seems like she's definitely like uh, kind of the shaman of their village. So I, I would say she's probably definitely force sensitive, at least to the degree that um, Maz Kanata is. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, uh, in my in my recent studies of, uh, I've been doing a lot of research on like Norse mythology, Vikings, all that kind of stuff. As she's doing her rituals and stuff like that, it reminded me a lot of that. Like yeah. they're very, you know, and Vikings were very in touch with each other. They're very in touch with their gods or or whatever the case may be. But in this case, it may be, you know, the Force. And so it it may all like you said, it may all tie together very similar to that. Um, but yeah, I, I equated it a lot to that, that kind of, uh, ritual, if you will, just like, that's just the way the Vikings would do things. Like, you mm-hmm. know, they talk over each other, they'd speak to each other. They, you know, they do all their shamanistic things that they would do. So, I mean, it, that's kind of where I was at with it. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I think, I think it was a cool combination of their connection to one another and their mm-hmm. own rituals and stuff, kind of like what you were saying, Adam. And then also, I do feel like um, the Force is at work there as well, especially whenever the mom or Ahsoka are in danger and she can, like, sense it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, doesn't make ge- it doesn't make geographical sense or audio sense for her to hear that blaster that's in the middle of a dense wooded forest, however far away enough to go hunting, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. clearly there's some kind of a connection there. Um, so I thought that was cool. And it, it also was cool kind of transitioning from that first episode into um, the second Ahsoka episode. Uh, episode five which of is, the six. Yeah, which is titled uh, Practice Makes Perfect. Um, I thought it was cool. <laughs> Kind of a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah, a lot of practice. Um, All practice, honestly. Um, just practice. It the was, opposite it was of Alan Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about practice. Practice? Yeah, Iverson, Alan Iverson would have died in Order 66, hands down. <laughs> 100%. No Alan practice. Iverson, no practice, would be the A-list Acura of Order 66. <laughs> wow. Not even turn around. Wow. <laughs> I love George and I love episode three. I just feel like some of the acting in episode three was like just subpar. Like, all right, you're going to get shot. Act surprised. And it just, <laughs> this, the surprise fall forward just always gets me. Um, but I thought it was so cool because Ahsoka, when we meet her in the, the Clone Wars movie, and especially in those first uh, couple of seasons, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, um, angst and attitude and whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And then as she gets older and matures, there's a easier, easier going, stronger connection to the force, um, trusting more in the force, some of those aspects. And it's so cool that her natural connection from the first episode of Tales of the Jedi is mm-hmm. just that, where, you know, it's she is more grounded in the force itself and her confidence comes from like when you're that young, your confidence Mm -hmm. isn't because you're actually confident. It's because that's just your, whatever your natural resting uh, space of mind is. Uh, And I I think it's cool that she has that natural connection to the force and she's getting back to that 
as she gets older. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of her personality comes through as she gets older and gets more confident in who she is. Mm -hmm. Cause you see mm -hmm. her, um, younger and I don't know what we call preteen. Probably. I think the Tegruten lifespan is pretty similar to humanoids. We'll call it preteen. And, uh, she has kind of this desire and drive to prove herself, especially against, I mean, underneath a master like Anakin, who's very like reserved in giving his approval. You know, there's just a very yeah, unique standard, well, especially if he recognizes the potential in Ahsoka. Right. Um, but as she becomes more comfortable in who she is and in what she does, you definitely see her trusting more in the force as opposed to feeling the need mm -hmm. to really be driven and, um, overcome these natural circumstances, you know, against the droid, she just really wanted to be approved, but you see her, you know, maybe now on the, I don't know, are they called star destroyers under the Republic? Um, but basically training with the same, uh, two and sales training, training with all these same clones in the same format, but she seems a lot more in tune with the force as opposed to just trying to like force it all as, a, as opposed to trying to, you know, make it happen just for the sake of being approved, but she's, you know, lasting and drive and pushing herself. Even she's saying, you know, I yeah. can do better, you know, as opposed yeah, to just saying yeah. like, Let's Hey, didn't again. I, didn't I do good enough? You know, and yeah. she's saying, Hey, I can do better. So it's yeah. cool to see that very apparent transition and something that, um, it's a very short episode. I mean, in the grand scheme of star Wars in general. Right. Um, so I think yeah. they did a good job pacing that and really bringing it to a close, even to the point of the ultimate <laughs> test against the clones of, Hey, it, their blasters aren't set to stun anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. yeah, I think that, that that episode was paced really, really well. Yeah, I think so too. I, I like the, um, it's, it's one of those things where uh, we talked about an animation uh, episode a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how more Star Wars is always better. And so, having someone like Ahsoka be like, God, like, who is this character? Why would Anakin have an apprentice? Can she even be around? Why isn't she in episode two or three? Well, then why isn't she there? Well, then does she die? And like more animation has, has answered all those questions in such a fantastic way. Yeah. Um, and it makes like, now we're getting to the place where it's exponential and the, animation is helping the other animation so like tales mm -hmm. of the jedi feeling in the gaps yeah help yeah, yeah it helps yeah. you know kind of validate some of the things you saw in uh in season seven where she survives order 66 so mm -hmm. um you know I, I did think it was funny and really kind of it made me chuckle every time that she gets shot and the clones are like uh sorry and it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, at first they were really worried about her. And then it was kind of like she was just getting knocked out for shorter and shorter spans of time. It, she, she wasn't was not to... getting knocked out. It was like, you did good this time. You're only at five <laughs> minutes. Again, yeah. like, I was just, uh, oh, man, I felt kind of bad for her, but it, it <laughs> saved her life, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the things I did notice in this episode, too, was um, at the very beginning, she's working with the, the little uh, droids. In, mm -hmm. the, in the the shield and she's just like but i could you know i did this i did it better you know pretty much better than than everybody else she's like why are you gonna make me do this other thing and he's just like because you know i i forget what his actual verbiage was but it's just like because you know uh if i, I need you to be able to take care of yourself out mm -hmm. there because it's drastically different than than you know shooting at you know little droids or whatever the case is and so like he pretty much puts her in the most uncomfortable situation like mm -hmm. with with all these guys just literally shooting at her for hours, obviously. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, but it's almost like the 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 what is it called in Star Trek? The Kobayashi Maru just just put her in impossible situations that she can't figure out until she finally figures it out. Right. And, and I I think that that's the push. You know, obviously she needed to give her that confidence boost. Yeah. Did anybody else wonder what the clones were up to in the hour when she was knocked out for the first time? I like hundred percent did. <laughs> now I do. Yeah, I, I, I 100% kind of casting I, lots on. <laughs> All right, I get her lightsaber, you know. I really thought that they would be, it would be the talk of the mess hall that they were so glad if they were on a Soka duty because you would get these like often breaks. <laughs> you know, like these All other right, we'll guys are like. Five minutes, then we get 45 minutes off. Exactly. 
Exactly. That's the ideal work schedule, I'll tell you what. I'm surprised she didn't uh, wake up with like a mustache drawn on or something <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> that's, little, that's something I would do. A little that's you really can't funny. handle your liquor mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and also, did you guys notice Kanan was in the episode? I missed that entirely. Where was he at? Oh, is um, he the kid in the room? He's the kid, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's the kid... Like really impressed with Ahsoka's performance when she's yeah, a loser. Okay. Beginning of training. Wow, <laughs> what a rube! Uh, what a that's funny. maroon. All, all, a lot of animation pad padawans look all the same to me. So, I'm not not surprised <laughs> that true. that passed me by. But that's a cool little uh, little tidbit there. Speaking of yeah, like connections, uh, I feel like we've touched on episode five pretty well. What about episode six? I feel like episode six was. For me, a, a, a reader of the books and such, it was a little redundant to me because it was very, very parallel to the Ahsoka novel. Um, how do we feel about that? So a couple of things. I was upset that in episode one of the season, we didn't at least get a small, tiny tidbit of Plo Koon coming to get Ahsoka um, because he's the Jedi that discovered her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was weird. I thought it would be perfect because the Tegruta being kind of removed from the Republic, mm-hmm. having that big of a handle on what a Jedi is and that kind of stuff would have been, uh, it would have been cooler in my opinion, if they're like, how can this be? And then you heard, because she's a Jedi and it was Plo right. Koon there. That would have been freaking sick. Um, but I, I agree. I think there's a lot of the stories. Um, the Episode 5 was actually the story that I felt like was the most original um, because we know that Ahsoka has to have been found. I guess one was original, but I knew she would do some, can, you know, do some sort of feat to be noticed. Um, mm-hmm. And then 6 pretty much is out of Ahsoka. The only thing that's different is in the novel... She kills the Inquisitor that is the sixth brother, and Mm -hmm. his look about him is a little bit different than what we're used to seeing um, in the comics and stuff. So in uh, in the movie or show or whatever that we got, he's got a very, like, bubonic plague mask kind of thing. I thought he looked very cool. I thought he looked super uh, sick. The medic mask that has the big bird beak. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I thought he was cool. I thought he was very cool. Um, I was very on board with whatever he was about. Because um, a lot of the Inquisitors, I think, look a little bit um, like cheesy or mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, trying to kind of shoehorn a different species in. But I thought he was very, very what I would think an Inquisitor should be. Like, I think if right. Vader... I, I I I go back to the Vader comic where uh, Palpatine basically introduces Vader to the Inquisitorial program and says basically you're in charge and you have to train them. And I think that whoever this guy is is somebody that Vader might not have been immediately dismissive of. You know, he might have seen this guy and thought, oh, he has potential. So I thought that that is a very cool showcasing of what the Inquisitorials should have been. Yeah. I really liked this guy as well. I thought um, the voice was really cool. What are you? What was y'all's thoughts on how quickly Ahsoka was able to take this guy down? Were you cool with it, or were you? I had mixed feelings, honestly. Like, um, you know, being a an Inquisitor, you'd think that it'd be a little bit harder. But I mean, Ahsoka's supposed to be pretty ba, so but in right. hiding. So, I mean. Like I said, mixed feelings. Because mm-hmm. my thing, my my one of my thoughts was this: whenever, um, whenever we're watching Twin Sons and Obi Wan is dude, that's so exactly quick what I was going to say. It's, the, like the immediate, it's on purpose like because mm-hmm. of the place that he's at with the Force, and I feel like Ahsoka maybe not as removed as Ben was in the Obi Wan Kenobi show, mm-hmm. but certainly more so than he would have been in rebels 
So mm-hmm. maybe not quite so quick. You know what I mean? Is that kind of the yeah. problem? Yeah. I thought I thought thing here. The, I thought the execution of it was cool. It also makes sense on a removed level where you know we've got this amount of runtime. It doesn't seem like Tales of the Jedi is necessarily strict on the runtime. It seems like it could be a very broad window, but um, they're all shorter episodes. I mean, like twelve to eighteen minutes usually, and. Um, so on, on that field, it makes sense to me. I did very much go to Twin Sons Part 2, where Kenobi finished the fight with Maul in, what, like half a second? Right. Um, that's very, very, very similar to where my mind went. Um, but I, I thought it was a cool showing, because it's supposed to, like, showcase the best of Ahsoka, right? That she's meeting with Bail Organa, and she's saying, I don't want to fight anymore, and she's kind of remembered what the fight's all about. And so she's, you know, really put face to face with the whole confrontation all again. You know what I mean? She's tried to pull herself away from it. She's been unsuccessful in that effort. And she's kind of had a reminder of, you know, this is what the empire is. This is why I fight the empire. Um, And she's kind of put back in touch with her roots for (laughs) lack of a better term, I guess. But yeah, she's kind of, she's a Jedi again for a minute. And, I also you know, thought it was so stupid that like, and this is always what happens, but anytime a character is like, I thought that we'd be rich if we gave up the Jedi. I I think those characters are so freaking annoying. Yeah. What a like, they're necessary, but it's so annoying, dude. Uh, one yeah, thing I, I did it. like, it was like, you know, you talked about earlier about the first episode about how uh, mom was always carrying her around when she was doing work, whether she was hunting mm-hmm. or gathering or whatever the case is. But, you know, and then Ahsoka here in this episode, she's out there hustling in the field. So she's no stranger to hard work as far as away from the Jedi, you know, like she she got out there, got her hands dirty. And, uh, you know, just because she she knew that that mom did that. You know, just so she just got back to what she knew how to do and just got got her hands dirty and got back out there. But again, being able to to do that and, and then have to hide your secrets. I know that's hard. And I think also like, you know, one thing I was thinking of was how like self this could sound really selfish or whatever. Um, I would have been so <laughs> I would have been so quick to be like, oh, that sucks. Like, if someone was to get crushed by a hay bale, I would have been so quick to be like, <laughs> oh, dang, you know? But there's, so, yeah, like, make a face like, oh, shucks, you know? Like, reach out uh, and be like, oh, okay. dang, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it does say a lot about Ahsoka's character that, like, you know, it's her second nature to help people. It's sure. so funny because in my mind, I would have been like, oh, <laughs> but I'm not dying, you know what I mean? Like... Uh, I would have had the attitude like, who's cleaning this up? I ain't doing it. Right, exactly. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) That's so funny, dude. Um, And then what are your, you know, did you, did you feel like you, you saw what you wanted to see out of the Tales of the Jedi, uh, you know, show, or were you hoping there would be more or, you know, Um, not to get I liked into Dooku it. too much, you know. Obviously, yeah, yeah, no, but... I, I liked it. Like I said, I, I think it felt uh, it filled in some gaps. Um, we didn't even touch on the fact that she was at the funeral. Uh, yes. Yeah, like I mean, obviously we don't see that in episode three, but like, uh, but I mean, she was at the funeral. She ran into uh, Organa, and uh, and they talked, it, you know, talked it out and stuff like that, and and he gave her the uh, the Captain Marvel Bieber. That's how I did it. <laughs> yeah, she, so. you know, anytime that somebody gets one of the like a throwaway com, it just reminds yeah. me of all the times. I want to say it's in Breaking Bad, but there's, or maybe it's in Supernatural, the show with Sam and Dean Winchester. But they'll talk to somebody. I can't. Maybe it's Breaking Bad, but they'll say something like, "Okay, be at the place seven o'clock," and then they don't even shut the phone. They just bend it backwards till it yep. breaks and they throw it Snap in the trash. It. Yep, that totally <laughs> I think reminds that's me Breaking of Breaking Bad. That, yeah. That's what that reminds me of. Is he was like, anytime you need me, and uh, but I I really liked it. And I thought that it was such a, you know, without like I said, without getting too much into Dooku, I think it's such a great mirror of what we saw in Dooku's um, couple of episodes. But the I opposite. love Dooku's episodes. I, do too. I love I them. So We're not going to get into them too deep because it's, yeah, it's yeah. easy. Um, 
but I you know, recognize there are a lot of Ahsoka fans out there. Sorry, I'm going to step on your tippy toes a little bit. I was here for the Dooku episodes a million times more. And there's the argument to be made that there was the Dooku Jedi lost and the master and apprentice like flashbacks. They kind of included Dooku's background a little bit like we yeah. see in these episodes, but I don't feel like it was explored nearly as much as Ahsoka's later story was in the whole Ahsoka novel. That was basically her time in that village. Well, also the um, show coming out called Ahsoka. Yeah. So I, I was just very there. I got to see young Qui-Gon. I've never gotten to see that on screen. You know, I get to see Dooku's honestly spitting straight facts about the state of the Jedi, seeing him put uh, not yet Jedi master of the Jedi council, Mace Windu in his place. So I, I don't know. There's a lot there for me. Anyway, we won't get too oh, yeah. deep into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think but, but, uh, I loved it. I was going to say, going back to what I was saying, like just filling in the gaps. There was a lot of Dooku stuff that filled in the gaps. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, this isn't necessarily a gap, but another side of the story being at the funeral and, and her actually going to the funeral. And then when she's talking mm -hmm. to Organa, just realizing how much, you know, Padme was her friend too. Yeah. You know, because she was so close with Anakin. So, I mean, it was, you know. I, I don't know, but seeing that side of things for, for people who don't read the books or don't know a lot of the backstory, but only see the, the, the movies, mm -hmm. something like that really, really stands out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I think, I think also... even, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that, I mean, we have an have arcs um, where Ahsoka's being one-on-one -on -one with Padme, right? With the one where yeah. she is kind of like a tag along to the undercover separatist rendezvous uh friends that were padme's before they really joined the separatist movement and she gets mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. whole romantic arc with uh what's his name the the pretty boy that's a separatist and they have the whole mandalorian arc but ahsoka definitely even beyond just anakin has her own relationship with padme so it's it's right. cool to see that kind of taken to the to the next step and then i always like to see the best of bail because he's the man that raised Leia, who's, you know, the right. biggest female lead of all the original trilogy. So it's cool to see that connection and, and see, I don't know, just what matters to Ahsoka beyond what we just see in her connection with Anakin, with her connection with the Jedi, just her as an individual. I think it's a really a nice touch of, hey, I'm completely disconnected from the Jedi. You know, my whole immediate family, as far as I'm aware, has been eradicated. You know, what's mm -hmm. important to me? What's my next step? So to see that and kind of her founding steps of this is my life beyond the Jedi after order 66. I think that was a really good stepping stone. I agree. Yeah. And I think also there's a lot of times that you see Ahsoka grow alongside another character or because of another character. Um, and this was really cool to just get to focus on her and to see her birth and those first connections with the force and then to see her resilience and then to see her, finally by that final episode it really is just her it really is her mm -hmm. just by herself on on the run from the empire surviving order 66 and then um you know there's that quote that says you know some are born great others have greatness thrust upon them and it was one of those moments where it, it's like no it's okay you really can't sit on the sidelines you know that that esther-esque kind of you know, whatever yeah. you want to call it, you know, fate or calling or whatever you want to, you know, call it. Um, it's really cool to see like the, you know, and in, in a way the force chose her. Uh, and it's like, as much as she wants to sit on the sidelines, um, it was everybody being okay with sitting on the sidelines and just towing the line of what was normal for everybody is what got us in this place. Maybe going upstream against everything is you know following her gut conviction to leave the jedi order when she did um ultimately is what saved her life because um if she was just towing the towing the company line she might not have been in a place with rex she could have been on assignment somewhere else and order 66 could have mm -hmm. gone somewhere you know a different way so it's cool to see her growing as an individual um so it's like it's cool it's cool to see the better parts of Anakin shining through Ahsoka in some of these episodes, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. and her trust in the Force is is at that level that uh, that is kind of rare. I agree. Um, so we're uh, 
don't have to go super long on this one, but I just want to see if you guys had any other thoughts, um, anything, any any kind of uh, tidbits or any just any anything that stood out to you, just little moments or anything like that. Well, something you just said right there was, you know, uh, she can't really sit on the sidelines that much anymore. Uh, it took me back to to um, Cal Kestis. Same same situation. You know, he's he's hiding, he's doing his thing, uh, but yet he. He, he he can't sit on the sidelines anymore. He gets right. pretty, mm-hmm. bit kind of kind of pushed in into that direction. Hey, I, yeah. I got a I'm on the run, but yet I'm learning things as I as I go as I grow. And he's you know, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of equated it the same. They're kind of same situation, mm-hmm. but different circumstances, I guess. I so, was curious if Cal was going to make an appearance in the uh, the latest episode. I of want Bad him Batch. to make an appearance in something. I, I don't care it what it cool. is, just something. I thought it, I'm I, making a second video game, so I guess you know whatever. But I thought it would be well, cool. I want to see him live action. Period. If the time overlapped, okay, I mean, he so, already looks exactly like the actor. So the, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, hear me out. Okay. The Samuel, I need you to slow down on those drinks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's water. Uh, I know, but you've taken two pisses already this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, we know that we've all been waiting, sitting on pins and needles for uh, Fallen Order Part Two. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, remind me of the what's the the specific name of that one? Survivors. Uh, Jedi Survivor. Survivor? Jedi right? Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one thing that's really cool is uh, that game got pushed back, which obviously is a disappointment. But I'm wondering, there's, it's very rare that something like that doesn't happen on purpose. And it seems sure. like um, his the, the it being pushed back is being pushed back like right at, I think it's May twenty eighth or something along those lines. Which that sounds right. Um, uh, actually, I got an email about it. I'll check. I think that that lines up perfectly with like the end of the Mandalorian season three. And so, okay. like, mm-hmm. I don't have any. There's no like leaks or anything that I've seen. But the concept or the idea that's been floating around is maybe April he's going to make an appearance. So March 1st is the first Mandalorian episode. And there's eight episodes. So Do we know the how first, the soon ninth. after Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor takes place? It's a year. Um, is it? If it's a Isn't year, it? there's no way they overlap. Right, but there's the... You could have like it could be a long term game, I guess. Or you. Part of me feels like Cal probably dies before Episode Four. Probably, but the, I mean, the chances of him being in there would be interesting, right? Yeah, that would. I mean, I'm I'm here for it. Don't get me right. wrong. Okay, it take place. It takes place uh, five years after the end of the first game. Okay, so nine ish, ten ish years. After Order 66. Right. So we're still talking eight years before A New Hope. Give or take. Yeah, it's it's out there. How old was Luke in... How old were Luke and Leia in episode four? 17, 18? 19. 19? Okay, so nine years before A New Hope. Mm -hmm. Because I'm pretty sure Fallen Order was five years. After sixty six, yeah, if I, I remember the the cutscene from the first chapter very well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. But yeah, that's just the rumor. I I not the rumor, but the weird thought. Hey, what if? Yeah, you know, I wonder if they didn't want to distract the hype as much, or if they're trying to keep the hype up from. You know what I mean? You go straight from the end of Mando season three into Jedi Survivor. Because it's yeah. literally, as soon as Mando's over, this comes out. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then let me ask you guys this, and then we can kind of uh, close it down. But um, what are y'all's thoughts on a Tales of the Jedi season two? Um, did you guys enjoy it? And would you want to see another oh, one? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Absolutely. it seems like it's such a great opportunity to learn it's kind of like, you know, the channel really started growing whenever we were okay with, with doing uh, shorts and things like that as well, getting shorter mm-hmm. form content out there that's not so involved for the listener. 
And uh, it's kind of similar in the Tales of the Jedi type stuff because you could do standalone episodes. You could do two-parters. You could do yeah. three-part arcs um, yeah. and just kind of go, hey, here's, you know, you could even go into Tales of the Jedi and put a sub-banner of Legends and be like, hey, here's the story of Exar Kun. Because originally, if you'll remember, Tales of the Jedi was um, was like some old, old Republic stuff where like Exar Kun, Naga Sadal, some of those like really old characters were. Um, so if it was up to you guys, uh, Adam, we'll start with you and then we'll finish with Sam. Uh, if you could pick a character to have like, whether it's a standalone or a three-part arc, if we're having a Tales of the Jedi season two, who's a character oh, you'd like to see flushed out a little bit more? It can be it can be a Jedi, a Sith, and it can be a main character, or it can be someone like on the fringe. Uh, uh maybe I'm partial, but like I wouldn't. I mean, I would. I don't know. There's a lot. There's several. Um, I, I want to see more Mace. I always want to see more Mace. Dude, yeah, I think um, because Shatterpoint was such a popular book back in the day, and we never really got to see a ton of Vapad, but they did make sure it was canonized in uh, the book Brotherhood. Um, it would be really, really interesting if they did like some kind of a story arc where he kind of does his own thing, you know? Although Dooku did make him yeah. look like a ween in this yeah. season. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Hot take, he is a ween. It makes it's really interesting if you think about like I want to save this thought for next week, but maybe I'll just save the thought and I'll unpack it next week. But do the Jedi fare better with Dooku at the helm next to Yoda than Mace? Next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> uh, Samuel, who's your character? Quinlan Vos. Uh, Quinlan Vos, Qui Gon, Terrace Nube. Terrace Nube would be. A good one. Okay, give me give me somebody obscure, Samuel. You're a lore master. You've been in the in the thick of it. Give me somebody out there. You know what? It, and this isn't terribly out there, but Yaddle. Um, she seems to be a prominent figure in the in the Jedi Order. We get a little tidbit of her little British accent and mm -hmm. uh, yeah. tales of the Jedi. I think it'd be fun to branch out because we're getting into um, Grogu. We've got a lot on Yoda for the most part. I mean, we especially having him feature in the High Republic. But seeing a little bit of Yaddle, I think that'd be fun. Kind of just exploration on we know so little Race. about their species. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that and, a lot. And her origin story, how she came along, how she was developed. I think that would be a really nice rounding out aspect of that character type in general. Um, aside from that, selfishly, I can never get enough Qui Gon. I, I can't. I can't ever get enough Qui Gon. So even just to see him maybe interacting with the wills of the Force. Oh. Oh yeah. man, that would be that would be poetry. The wills for me. would be fun. Okay, I'll throw somebody out there. Um, I would love a Tales of the Jedi with a Luke Skywalker post Return of the Jedi pre The Force Awakens, like prime mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker, like after Luke the Skywalker, and everything. Yeah, Ooh. like we get kind of in uh, the Legacy of the Force series, just like yeah. at the top of his game. Um, I mean, or we get the training. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, if we do another dark side thing, um, mm -hmm. if Tales... So, I know Tales of the Jedi, it's kind mm -hmm. of iffy because when we start with Dooku, he's on the light. Um, but mm -hmm. if we could if we could do Sith, um, I would love... We have we don't have nearly enough, and the door is wide-freaking open for Darth Bane. Darth Bane or origin or story, did, Or if they just Sidious did Tales Plagueis. of the Sith. You yeah. know what I mean? Maybe season um, two is Tales of the Sith instead of Tales of the Jedi. I don't and know. I would like to see where Sidious comes from in canon. Um, I've read Plagueis maybe three or four times. Uh, one of my all-time favorite yeah. Star Wars books. Um, I would love – I mean because Plagueis is – he's canon. So I would love to see where that goes. Yeah, that would be fun. So I think I think um, there's a lot of I mean there's never enough Star Wars there's never enough there's always questions there's always characters I want to explore so um, oh yeah more Star Wars is always well, better I Star Wars going back to what I said earlier I love all these gaps that are filled in mm -hmm. I mean I think that that these little even again twelve to seventeen minutes however long they are uh, I think that they 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 touch on those gaps and I, I love it 
Like yeah. I said, I, I could probably rewatch these again and catch some more stuff. Like you said, seeing for sure. Kanan back there in the background, like totally slipped. Never did catch it. Yeah, totally. Dude, I would love to see, um, like, since we're filling in gaps and stuff, you know, maybe it's a little bit too close for comfort considering we're going to get there with the Ahsoka show and stuff like that. But it would be cool to just revisit the uh, Ahsoka, I'm sorry, the Kanan Ezra relationship, you know, now that, Mm -hmm. um, and maybe, like I said, maybe obviously that's going to be something they reserve, but uh, Tales of the Sith, you could see the, um, they could finally flesh out the Son of Dathomir comic which was yeah. supposed to be a Clone Wars arc. That would be sick. Maybe, maybe Tales of the Jedi is how we finally get the Dark Disciple arc. Ooh. Stop it. Maybe we just stop, stop on that it. note. Stop We're not going to get a better me. idea than that. <laughs> um, so there's so much more to unpack, but uh, hey, I want to say thank you guys for carving out a little bit of time. We made it work. Um, nope. And so next week we'll be coming at you with Tales of the Jedi Count Dooku edition. It's going to be much longer mm. than this episode. Um, I have so much more to say. If you're uh, sick ooh. of us after 50 minutes, wait till you tune into the Dooku <laughs> episode. <laughs> There's going to be a freaking intermission and everything, just like the old movies. Ooh, um, <laughs> but thank you guys tuning in uh, for tuning in so much. Uh, again, if you would give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and write us a written review, we will read it on air. Um, and then make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social medias. We're on TikTok for all you youngsters. Uh, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. And remember the force will be with you always, always. And even more than that, the only family you have yet is me. We'll see you guys next time on the Chistus and Itzy.